Well, next I wanted to give you a brief overview of this, the teaching that we did this week, and um, I did my best to condense it down. I think I've done better than I told my wife how many slides I had. She says, you've got to condense it down. A lot of good stuff, and it was a joy to have the privilege to be there and to teach and to preach to those young people. Um, the theme was, you are loved. And they broke it down into four different aspects that we are loved. And if you see something that's underlined aside from the title, but if you see something that's underlined besides the title, you've got to say it with me. I'm going to treat you just like I did at camp, and you guys are going to have to respond and say things with me. And so here we go. Number one, you are chosen. Number two, you are redeemed. Number three, you are an heir. Not hair, but heir. And number four, you are sealed. And there's a little bit of overlap from last Sunday. It's just incidental with our study in salvation. But the emphasis this week is slightly different than what we looked at last Sunday. And we looked at, first of all, from this, the whole passage is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. And we kicked off the week with Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be or praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And here, just to say it abundantly clear, God loves you. And I wanted to illustrate the challenge for us to understand and feel that God loves you. And so I wanted to start off with a buffet. Who in here is a little hungry right now? Well, I, I cut out all the other pictures I had at the buffet. I just put one, okay? And so who likes to go to a buffet in here? You of you, some of you are like, no, I'm too good for that. You know, you're just kind of too dignified for a buffet. Um, but uh, what is the most important thing in a buffet? Or one of the most important things? Can't ask, kids can't answer. We're going to have to make the adults answer this one. That's a good one, but no, not the abundance of food. What is one of the most important things in the buffet? Well, I really agree with that. Dessert is pretty high up there, but there's something else that's more important than dessert. No, Doris got it. The plates. You could not enjoy a buffet without the plates, huh? I mean, even if you had um, no silverware, you could at least use your fingers with the food in the plate. But have, have, you're going to have trouble enjoying a buffet without the plates. So the challenge is, can you imagine somebody going into one of their favorite buffets, looking at all the food and not eating? But they hadn't even eaten. It's like, let's say it's dinner time, maybe even 7 p.m. at night. They hadn't eaten since breakfast, and they had a small breakfast, and they go into a buffet, and they don't eat. Who in their right mind would go into a buffet and not eat when they're starving? And that is the way it is with us in God's love. God's love is a rich buffet. It is all you can eat is all you need. And yet, because of sin in this world... We are broken and we don't know how to participate in God's love, the love 
that he offers us. And I spent a little bit more time on that, but that's all we're going to do here this morning. So next, we looked at the fact that you are chosen. God knows who you are. And this is a miracle because, and I did show a picture of you know thousands of people. And I, said, I asked the campers, where am I in that picture? And all it was was just a sea of people. And I actually wasn't in the picture. But the idea is here is it can feel like we're invisible in a sea of people. And yet God knows us in that sea of people, and he knows everybody else in that sea of people. And he loves you, and he cares for you, and he reaches out to you. So the progression we looked at all week is you are loved, you are blessed, and then for the first night along with being chosen, we looked at you are adopted. And so we looked at, well, what is spiritual Adoption. Spiritual adoption is when you become a part of God's family, receiving all of the privileges that go along with it. And believe it or not, we dove into something pretty deep with the campers, and that is the Trinity. And this is so important because we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is three, but He is one. And I wanted to apply the act of the Trinity or the actions of the Trinity to the lesson of adoption because in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, you have God the Father working along with God the Son and God the Holy Spirit to show His love to us. And so specifically in adoption, God the Father blessed you through Jesus Christ. God the Father sent His Son, Jesus. That's John 3.16. For God the Father so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that's Jesus, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we receive this adoption from God the Father sending His Son, Jesus. And so I've made an application this way for the campers is that you have the, if you use it, think of it practically, the Trinity, you have this team. The best team ever showing love to you and working to bring you to spiritual wholeness. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is the best team ever and they're on your side working for you to bring you, to restore you, to bring you to wholeness. Next, we looked at you are redeemed. And the progression was you are loved, you are blessed, and thereby you are redeemed. And so what does it mean to be redeemed? Oh, you're going to sleep on me just like my campers did sometimes. What does it mean to be redeemed? To redeem something means to buy it back. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection was for our redemption. To buy us back from sin. But then I explained to the campers that our redemption was not is not automatic. It's a part of God's plan. So the question is, what's the plan? How can I be redeemed? And God lavishly loves you. We talked about lavish means just a lot, a whole abundance of God's love, more than you can ever imagine. God loves you. 
And so, He sent His Son Jesus to die for your sins, and you have a choice to accept God's gift of salvation to be saved. But then I presented them with a problem. Here's the problem, my friends, is that even though you might know that God loves you, but yet you're not, still not a Christian, you still haven't been saved, you still haven't accepted God's free gift of salvation, it's because everybody is born, everybody is born into sin in this world. If you were born as a baby in this world, you are a sinner. And you have a heart like this. This is the face you give back to God when He tries to show you love. You have a rebel's heart. And the only way to overcome that rebel's heart is by God's grace. Salvation, being saved, being rescued, being redeemed, becoming a Christian, you you have a rebel's heart and you need God's grace to help you. And so you exercise faith and say, God, I know I struggle, I know I'm against you, and I need your help. Please save me, deliver me from my rebel's heart, deliver me from my sin so that I can be a child of God. So in order to receive God's free gift of salvation and take advantage of the redemption offered you to be bought back from sin, you recognize that, hey, I have a rebel's heart. I'm against God. This is the face I give God, but I need God's help to save me. And so you ask God to save you. You say it's by grace through faith. God's grace helps you overcome your sin, helps you overcome your rebel's heart. And you exercise faith. So keep that in mind. If you've never believed in Jesus Christ, this is the face you're giving God and God's love to you. And you're right. It's hard to overcome that. And you need God's help. So when you go to Jesus and you ask him to save you, you say, I know I have a rebel's heart. Please help me with that. Please save me. Next, we look at the fact that you are an heir. You are loved. You are blessed. You are an heir. So we talk about an heir or uh, inheritance. What is a spiritual inheritance? And the Christian's spiritual inheritance, and I emphasize the fact this was for a Christian. Oh, actually, that's next. So I was getting ahead of myself. The Christian's spiritual inheritance is God's blessings He gives us on earth and in heaven this spiritual inheritance is for true Christians those who have accepted God's gift of salvation so this spiritual inheritance we receive is awesome but if you have not been saved you do not get to be a part of this spiritual inheritance We also look at the fact that Jesus Christ is also an heir. That's an amazing thought, that Jesus Christ is an heir. And so Jesus is God's son, and as God's son, um, he is going to receive an inheritance. Now, it works a little bit different than here on earth. Generally, you don't receive your inheritance until the father or the friend dies, and then they, they execute the will, and then... We receive that, but God the Father is never going to die. But there is going to be a day in the future where we receive part of our future inheritance, and then there is a day immediately that happens when you become a child of God. And so, do you think that um, that God the Father is going to give His Son Jesus a good inheritance? 
Yeah, exactly. I think that God the Father is going to give His Son Jesus the best inheritance ever. And the reason that is important is because we are joint heirs with Jesus. So that awesome inheritance that God the Father is going to give His Son Jesus, because we are joint heirs with Jesus, we receive that awesome inheritance with Him. Now, I wanted to see if anybody here has ever had a now and later candy. I was surprised how many of the campers that had them too. I thought that they were long since extinct because I haven't seen them around for a while. But the thing about now and later candies is when you start to chew that toffee, it, you keep on chewing now and you keep on chewing now until it's later because it's so chewy that you're enjoying it now, but you're going to be enjoying it later too. It takes a while to finish it up. And our spiritual inheritance is for both now and later. Very important point. So inheritance now. God blesses you with good right now. When you become a child of God, there's a lot of things when you're saved that happen all at once. And one of those is is you get part of your spiritual inheritance right away. And we looked at a list, and we're not going to spend time with this morning, but this is some of the blessings we receive now as God's child. Holy Spirit, life in God's church, grace, virtue, and victory over sin. And we also receive an inheritance later. God will bless us in heaven, or as they call it, Twin Lakes, the forever party. Now, I think that I am going to do what I did um, the other day, because it's one thing that I've talked about many times here at church. I'm passionate that people get the overview of what's going to happen. So I'm going to ask, let's see here. Um... Marlette, Chris, um, Betty, and let's see here, um, Doris. I need you guys to come up front. I'm getting looks now, dirty looks. You're part of a great spiritual object lesson, okay? So if you could stand right there, Doris. Betty, if you could stand right here. Chris, you can stand down there. Or that right there. Yeah, I need you to scoop forward just a little bit so I can walk behind you. I'll have you both scoop forward a little bit so I can walk behind you. Scoop forward just a little bit. Okay, so as we talk about our inheritance later, I wanted to make sure that folks get this down nice and clear. So Doris represents the Garden of Eden. Okay, In the Garden of Eden, with Adam and Eve's sin, the world was plunged into sin. But before they sinned, they enjoyed a friendship with God to where they could walk with Him in person, walk down the path together, and they had in-person fellowship with God. That was awesome. That is the best walk down the garden path you will ever have, is with God there in the Garden of Eden. And it is amazing. And... When Adam and Eve sinned, that was broken. And at the end of Genesis chapter 3, God posted some angels there with a sword that no matter which way you turn, that sword was facing you, and that sword was between you and the presence of God. So we were separated from that in-person presence with God. And that was a sad day. We lost fellowship with God. And so that is where humanity has been ever since. But God the Father was not happy with that situation. He wanted to see that restored. And so he made a plan. 
and the eternity past to fix what he knew was going to happen between him and his creation. And so he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross. Jesus lived a perfect life on this earth. And he never sinned. And then he was murdered on a cross. And he accepted that death as a part of bearing your sin in your place. Then he was buried. He rose again the third day by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he ascended into heaven. And so that was an installment in God's plan to restore the brokenness that happened at the Garden of Eden. And then we have where we are today, where Marlette is. And with Marlette, we, we see that we have some of the spiritual blessings today. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We experience some of that fellowship with God, but it's not entirely been restored yet. But we have some of that here today. We experience God's body, the church. We enjoy one another's fellowship. We are encouraged. We are challenged. We are rebuked by one another. And so we are moving along down the path. And so the restoration, plan of restoration has been happening progressively. And now here we are. And so we're moving to where Chris is, to where the new creation comes. And the holy city comes down out of heaven. And that we are able to enjoy fellowship with God once again. We are able to walk in person with him, walk down those golden streets in the holy Jerusalem. Enjoy that fellowship with him. And we have received the fullness of our inheritance. And I ask the campers, have you ever in this life, even though you have received some of your inheritance now as God's child, have you ever shed a tear over a broken relationship? Have you ever been hurt? you ever been afraid, scared, felt alone, felt like no one cared about you? There's still a measure of brokenness in this life, even though we have had some of our spiritual inheritance now as God's children. But when we get to the new creation, we receive the rest of our spiritual inheritance, there will be no more tears. There will be no more tears shed because of broken relationships. There will be no more hurts, no more fear. Fear will be gone, my friends. And the fellowship with God in person will walk with Him in the path again in the garden, just like it was in the Garden of Eden, except even better. Restoration has happened. Fullness of relationship has happened with God. But it's not just with God, it's also with man. We will enjoy rich fellowship with one another here in heaven. See, there are times on this earth where we have, yes, broken relationships, but we also have rich relationships with one another. But not every relationship is rich. There are many broken relationships in this life. And so when we get to the new creation, yes, we will be restored with our relationship with God, but we will also be restored with fullness, with relationships with one another. You will never be shedding a tear because of a broken relationship with another of God's creation, another human being. We will have our new bodies, our resurrected bodies, and we will have no more sin, no more hurt, no more pain. I can look across here in the audience and I can see almost every face that I know of some of the pain of some of the broken relationships you have experienced. But in the new creation, not only will we have restored relationship with God, but we will have a restored relationship with one another for all of eternity. Okay, you guys, you can have a seat. Give them a round of applause. A round of applause. And so we explored that Revelation passage. We looked at that last Sunday. We looked at all those verses with the campers as well. We're not going to spend time on all those verses this morning. So our spiritual inheritance is for both now and later. The next, you are loved, 
You are blessed and you are sealed. And we looked there from Ephesians when it talked about being sealed by the Holy Spirit, how they, they, we'll just do it together in the present tense, hear the gospel, believe in Christ, and then sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's what it talked about there in the progression that happened. So what does it mean to be sealed? And we looked at that, and we looked at an envelope, and then this is an old-fashioned seal where they'd melt the wax to protect the contents inside, but also to identify the person who sent the letter. And that's the way it is for us with the Holy Spirit. We are protected and secured by the Holy Spirit when we are sealed by Him, but we are also, also identified with Christ. And the result of that is there is an assurance that happens The Holy Spirit gives us assurance that we are a true Christian. And here's the thing about our broken world. People want to be assured that promises are true because of the broken world we live in. Well, people don't keep their word. Remember at the beginning when I talked about how going into a buffet and not eating food, and that's what we do with God's love. We, he has offered us abundant love, and yet we don't want to partake of it. It's because of the brokenness in our own heart, but also because of the brokenness of the people in our lives and how they've affected us and hurt us. It's very hard for us to see God for how wonderful He is, how faithful He is, how loving He is, and that He will keep His word because we've been surrounded by broken promises and hurts. Okay, it's time to transition. We're almost done, folks. Don't worry. I know it's hot in here. We need a transition. The emphasis throughout our camp week was on how God loves us, but there is a transition that needs to happen, and that is God enables us to take the love we have received from Him and love others. So the progression is you are loved, God's love changes you, and then you loved, you love others. And this uh, was some verses from Ephesians chapter 5. I'm not going to delve into those today, but Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. It shows us and commands us that we are to be imitators. We are to match Jesus' love. And then it tells us what Jesus' love was like. Jesus lived His life in love so, so much that He sacrificed His life for us. Which means we must also sacrifice ourselves in love for others. Then I gave them some examples. I wanted to be real practical and real clear. Ways to lovingly sacrifice for others. Let others go first. Now, have you ever gotten mad at another driver on the road because they cut you off? Yeah. Yeah, me too. That is not a heart of letting others go first. And children especially struggle with this, but 
adults do as well. What about don't put other people down? And I explained to the campers that I spent a lot of time in our local school, and I have heard the way students talk about one another. And they are really, really critical and sometimes downright mean. But I've also heard how adults can talk about one another and criticize one another. And that is not an evidence of God's love. You might disagree with somebody. You might have a different opinion. But don't talk people down. How about listen to what other people are saying? One of the ways you can show love is listen. There's People have a lot in their minds, and sometimes we're so busy on our own stuff that we aren't willing to stop and let them talk. Next, don't yell at people unless they're in danger or they're at Twin Lakes camp having fun. But most of the time when we raise our voice, it is not showing God's love. Final thing I had in the slide is be a servant. Take time, take your time and your energy and help other people and do things for other people. And there's one that I didn't put on the slide, but I mentioned to the campers that God brought to mind, and that is the matter of you need to forgive others. And we talked about Ephesians 4:32, and I've mentioned this here before multiple times. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. The Greek word there has, is the root of grace. So it's a generous, abundant forgiveness. Not a grudging forgiveness, but a generous, benevolent forgiveness. And then my favorite is the progression. Know God's truth. Live God's truth. Tell God's truth. You see, it starts with knowing God and letting that transform you and change you. And then from that, you're equipped to live it and to demonstrate that it's real and you believe it. It's, It's so real to you that it affects your actions. And from that, then, you are ready to, with a genuine love, tell other people. Sometimes we like to skip all the way to tell and skip the first two just because we know we're supposed to be a witness. But it starts with knowing God and being transformed by Him and then living it out because we believe it and it's affected us so much that we have to live it out and then we're ready to be genuine in the telling of God's truth. So if you say you you struggle with being a witness for Christ and thereby showing His love, then perhaps you have skipped over the first two. You want to show God's love to others through evangelism, start with knowing God. And His love changes you. And then you you start to live it. And then you're ready to tell it with a genuine, sincere telling. And so then we ended up with an action call to love. And I challenge the campers to avoid the tragedy. Well, what is the tragedy? The tragedy is this. James chapter 1, verse 22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself and walk away and forget what you look like. 
But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So tragedy is when you hear God's word, but don't live it. So my friends, let God's love transform you. Know God. Know Him through salvation. Know Him through His word, through prayer. And let that change your actions and then live it. And then go and tell it to others. Well, wasn't too long. You have, all right. There you have a summary, an overview of what we learned at camp this week. I pray that it will be a blessing to you. Don't let this broken world overcome you. Start with partaking of God's love and then go and show it to others. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your amazing love. Thank you for your patience. In our brokenness, we have not partaken of it. We have gone the other direction with a rebel's heart. Thank you that you still love us anyways. I look forward for myself, for my family, as well as us as a church family, how we continue to grow in your love and then love one another and love others in our community. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.